I'll just stay here with the blinds shut and I'll be fine. You'll be fine, just don't go out when it's dark. All right, thanks for that. Better go get my golf clubs from the car then. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Don't leave your golf clubs in the car. They won't, they won't be I've got tinted, nah, my, my Citroen C1's got tinted windows. It's a proper little whip, it is. That's basically like having a sign saying there are things in this car worth stealing. <laughs> Better uh, rush downstairs after this uh, podcast then. Anna, what um, what are these golf things that you've been doing? Woolly Park. They they were doing this open day, which it was like just anyone could go and play. And it was ability tees, so like they'd set which tee you were playing off based on your handicap, and then they're all slope, and they just invited us to play in it. So and uh, I got thirty four points. What tees? Off the whites. Massively changed the like whole thing. It was mental. So like my handicap went from plus three to two. And then the par of the course went from seventy-three to seventy-eight. So I basically ten extra shots. And I still only just kind of played to my handicap. So you got because loads of the par fours turned to par fives. Yeah. And it, one of the par fives turned into a par six. It was six thousand just over six thousand six hundred yards. And how so how long is a par six then? It was five hundred and seventy five yards. But I mean I hit driver three wood and flicked it on the green. And had an eagle. Wait, why was there a par six? <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> I think beginning at the beginning, this is this golf course where um, basically it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Well, yeah, yeah. but then why are you then adding a gimmicky par six? Because you forget, in like the, I'm like the longest hitter of a woman who's going to play there. Like it's meant for club golfers. So your typical club golfer lady probably hits it like what 180 max off the tee. Well, that's why they're on the forward tees. So Hannah's Hannah's basically been to the future. Yeah. No, I like it. It sounds good. I'm just not all not all for these these gimmicky par sixes that I'm hearing about. Yeah, I feel like that was the only hole that was a bit easy. But then you have to remember, like a lot of the path, most of the par threes were like 180 basically. Yeah. So even hitting like five irons in. Oh yeah, but I'll be hitting. I'll be hitting a free word into that. But having like one easy hole is probably not that bad. And it wasn't that. I don't know. I just played it quite well. Yeah, but I think you, par six is not a gimmick actually. Anything over 570 is technically a par six. Yeah, that is pretty long. I'd be needing that to be a par six for me. Yeah. I absolutely like middled driver three wood and it was downhill, like the last bit where I pitched three wood, which helped. You always middle your driver hammer. So what So what did you score, sorry? 34 points. So you shot like 82. Yeah. I had an eagle and four birdies, but I also had a double and a triple. <laughs> and you're talking about playing off the white men's white, or the, what would have been the men's white tees at about 6'6", six, six, did you say? Yeah, that's quite long for a men's white round of club, isn't it? So that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Sort of feel like that if it, once you got used to that, that would quite suit you, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, massively preferred it. Yeah. Because I could play it in a mixed group. There was none of that awkwardness of like, oh, I've got to wander 50 yards down there. Yeah, yeah. You could actually like just hit drivers and not so be in sort of stupid places all the time. The flow of the game was a lot better. Yeah. So you're playing a four ball with two blokes. We were in a three ball because we were meant to be in a four ball, but our other friend who was meant to come got too drunk the night before. Saw the par par six and got cold feet. Yeah. I'm not having this. This is a shambles. That is is interesting. Are they going to do it again or is it a one-off? That's like how they run all the comps. Oh, really? They just did it as like a bank holiday open day for like other people to see. Really is the future. I thought it was really good because like there was was like, because obviously it was handicap section. So if you were 11 and under... You're off the whites. 
And I think like up to 22 or something, you're off the yellows. And then after that, you're on the reds. It was kind of bizarre when you like turned around and there was lots of men stood on the red tees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They haven't published it yet. Apparently 41 points was leading. Well, remarkable. I've also been to the future this weekend. So I'm in Cornwall, right? And I played golf with my little boy at uh, Travose on their par three nine holer on Friday afternoon. Uh, I gave him a legit 54 handicap, so he had three <laughs> shots a hole. He's only seven. Uh, and yeah. I, I played off plus two. I shot three under on this par three course, and I beat him by a shot. <laughs> was That's mean. You're meant to let the kids win, you know. No chance. That's how it works. No chance. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Not with Tom. It's not going to happen. Not with you. Uh, but yeah, he holed out on every hole, got the ball in the hole nine times, and I'm pretty sure that his score was fairly accurate. That was just some humble bragging. Project McElroy is on then for you, little man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, got to do some work on his nutrition. I'm not sure uh, Skips and Monster Munch are really getting it done. And then on Saturday, on Saturday afternoon, I played in a men's open at Perrinporth Golf Club. And I think this is the future. So it's open week at Perrinporth Golf Club this week. And uh, so they've got like foursomes and four balls and all sorts of good stuff happening all week for whoever wants to play in it and on Saturday it was the, it was a medal I think it was a men's medal and I got a last minute entry and played in the middle of the afternoon with two local lads who were in their 30s off both off plus one both members of Perrinport for their whole life and it was an amazing experience one of them brought his missus to caddy who doesn't play golf and she was basically sort of astounded that you could just turn up and play in golf competition at someone else's golf course um, they were like sort of surfers or whatever. Uh, and that is the whole point, isn't it, of uh, independent golfer worldwide handicapping, is that you should just be able to rock up and play in a competition at a different golf course. That is amazing. It's like a properly flexible way of doing things. So if I was an iGolfer and I was not a member of a golf club, I was just a member of uh, the independent golfer scheme, then I ought to be able to just go around and turn up and play in a medal at whatever club or a stable for whatever club on whatever day of the week. So this was like a Saturday afternoon in the middle of summer, um, a packed out golf course, and I was still able to get a competitive round of golf in. That's really cool, I think. Uh, and I like, like golf's a small world, isn't it? So I met two people who play golf all their life, same as me. So we knew loads of the same people. And they had like interesting stories to tell about playing for Cornwall. Uh, so I just thought that when you sort of think about what the intention is of iGolf, it's to try and create a much more fluid system where when you ring up a golf course and say, can I get a game? The answer is nearly always yes and barely ever no. Uh, so that was like a massive privilege to do that. Um, it took far too long, like, because we were playing at the back of the field and I was an hour late for dinner with my wife and children. But apart from that, it was brilliant. So there you go, George. How long's far too long? Well, I can't remember. I golfers have this weird thing where, like, all they want to do is play golf and then they get on the course and they complain they want to get off the golf course. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, so part of it. Play slow. I played yesterday. I flew around. You'll see me. I was over three hours, I think, something like that. Very, very good. It took four hours and 47 minutes. Yeah, that is ridiculous. <laughs> that is quite long. I had a bit few minutes at that point. But it's good chat, though. So, you, sorry, you did actually play golf, George. Is that what you're telling I us? I did play a bit of golf, yeah. I haven't played in a while. Got a nice two-on-one win over my old man. So, bragging rights back in the, the G corner. So, yeah, it's good. I saw you put a picture of his shorts on Instagram. Awful. Uh, my old man was wearing salmon golf shorts. Ooh. It was a bad look. And he took the L, so deservedly, really. Took the what? The L. The L, the loss, 
Get down with the kids, Tom. Well, I've never heard that before. You never heard that. I don't have loss in my vernacular, George. <laughs> what? Didn't you lose your? Oh no, because you brutally beat your son on the par three course. Shame, shame. You know we need a shame bell on this on this podcast. Indeed. I'm gonna ring. I'm, I'm gonna bring it next week and ring it every time. I'm sure, Tom's lost to me before. Yeah, I have. Yeah, but I just, I just, I don't. I just block them out. The losses. Blocks the losses out. Blocks the haters out. So yeah. what have you got for me then? Tour, tour championships. What tour. haven't we got for you, Tom? The season finale of the PGA Tour. Great well, show. I think we should just go back, well, eight days now to when you said the FedEx Cup was meaningless. What about that for a finish on Sunday, guys? It was very good. Amazing. The format amazing. actually like seemed to make sense when they were coming down the stretch and they were like, Scotty and Rory were going head to head. I was like, oh. Like, yeah, but it sort of shouldn't have done, should it? I mean, Scotty was six ahead going into the last day. It, it, it seemed a foregone conclusion. Um, and everyone was at that point was actually saying, well, this, well, they were saying this is why the, the, it's fair because Scotty Scheffler had been the best player all year and he was there, he was about to win quite comfortably, but then... Um, well, you say Scotty was the best all year, but Rory yeah, was... Here we go. Strokes gained total and for scoring average, so... Was it, was it 67.5 or something? 68.5? 68.67. It's ridiculous. Only two other people have done that. Can you guess who they yeah. are? Tiger Woods. Yes. And Jordan Spee. No. Jack Nicklaus. No. Well, it's recent, right? If it's you talking... What's the number? 68 point what? 68.67. It was in 2003. 2003. David Duval? Mm-mm. VJ. Correct. Oh, you've just Googled that. You I haven't def- Googled that. My hands are down. <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge. Bit of a stab, but we take it. What was Scheffler's lead? Like, what was his handicap before it started? He started on minus 10. Did he? And Rory started on... Minus two or minus three? Minus four, I, I believe. It was six back, but then he was ten back after like <laughs> three holes of his first round. Because yeah, gross triple bogey. So in terms of the actual gross scoring in the final event, then Scheffler shot like ten or eleven under. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Ten under. He shot ten under for the t- for, t- for the actual tournament. So and Rory shot like twenty nineteen under. More than that. No, 70. He was, uh, what, what did he finish on? We 21 finished 21 under. and he started on four. Started on four. So. Quick maths. So would 17. he have won? Did he, did he win gross? I suppose he did. And then Im would have been pretty good. Im, Im was 20 under as well, wasn't he? For, and I think he started on similar, around similar to what Rory started on. So so do we think the Tour Championship delivered the best player then, after all that? Hannah thinks so, no? Well, according to the stats... It does still kind of feel a bit bad for like Scotty when he won the Masters and like what three G three PJ. Well, he top. went on that crazy run, didn't he, where he got his first win and then he just couldn't stop winning for about what he won like what did he win like three out of five, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but but then but to be fair, since since sort of the Masters, I mean he's always obviously up there and he's been playing phenomenal golf, but he actually he hasn't had a win. I don't think he won since then, has he? Any sort of um, so. You know, there is that, but yeah, I think he, I think he did deserve to win it. But in the end, we got we got a great showdown that everyone wanted. Um, I, I wasn't very, even thought it was very strange watching him come down the stretch because Sheffield was just all over the show, wasn't he? Like it was one, yeah. Do you think that's just the Rory effect? No, I think that's the somewhat out of form with a handicap of minus ten effect. <laughs> True. 
Um, Possibly, but he played well the rest of the week, and like he, he, so he was six ahead going into the going into the going into the last round, wasn't he? And then after seven holes, he'd already squandered all six of those shots. So him and Rory were level, but then he actually played. I actually thought between sort of hole seven and sixteen, which is when he had his next bogey, he composed himself really well actually, and he, he was getting he he wasn't hitting it very well, but he was he was getting up and down from everywhere. He went on a run about three or four holes where he was getting up and down and it was actually um the way he sort of rebounded from squandering that six shot lead was actually really impressive and I was like wow this is why this guy is number one like yeah he proper dug in didn't he he proper dug in and, he, and I thought he was then going to probably grind it out and it was just 16 was the turning point really I mean him and Rory were both wayward off the tee they both then missed the green um Sheffield hits an average bunker shot and is unable to make the putt and Rory has that chip from the back of the green where it's I mean it looks like it's going off the green and it it smashes the the flag stick and he actually holds the putt and then he holds the putt so you think I mean Rory's putter was on fire Sunday I was like who is this guy who is he it was well I'm this is what I think speaks to my point of last week is that and I think he basically said it himself didn't he he well he didn't he was so he was trying to be so careful with his words I thought because he was wearing his uh PJ Tour ambassador hat <laughs> on the one hand uh, and trying to make sure that we all thought the FedEx Cup was amazing and really important. And on the other hand, what he really wanted to say was, I don't really care about this. I really wish I'd won the Open. I think in, yeah. some, of it, I think in some of his later interviews, he sort of eventually did say that. Um, I think he said was, I think his quote was something like, the reason I, I was able to chase him down was because I care less about the money oh it's stupid that's stupid i was like of course you're gonna say it. you've got the most bloody money on tour well yeah but it still doesn't change the facts oh it's just a stupid stupid comment that was like i don't think rory's ever played for money though like even when he i didn't. know but i was just like oh just 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 all this talk about money do my head in there are different types of golfers out there. there's golfers that play to win tournaments and to win majors and whatever and the but they're all going to say that, to, aren't they? Just trying to like, it's a career to them, and it's just how they make money. So yeah, if you if you move on, McIlroy's got more money than anyone. So even eighteen million dollars, whatever it is, is probably just like a rounding error in his account. Then it's uh, if you if you accept that, and then that person is then saying, I care less about the money. That's like really valid. And then I think that his golf speaks to that. So. His putting was amazing on Sunday. He held every single clutch putt, didn't he? And his, mm-hmm. I don't know what his make stats were inside 10 feet, but it's basically everything. Um, and you compare that to his back nine at the open, to his front nine at the open, where he hit it to acceptable distances three or four times and hold none, um, when he obviously did care an awful lot. And that sort of freedom in his stroke, I don't know, I think that's a, a huge thing. Yeah, um, I agree. Rory ranks on strokes gain put in this season. He's, he's about 0.45 and he's ranked about 15. How do you know that? That's weird. What is it? 0.495 and he's 16. Stat, Stato Tom over here. Yeah, because I looked it up, didn't I? <laughs> That's what happens when you're on Twitter all day. You see what stats. Expect, everyone's like, says he's so bad at putting and he's like 16th on the PGA Tour. But he's... Well, yeah. He would have a he, he wouldn't have what was his last major? Twenty fourteen, I mean. There's something in that and I think it is probably part of it and I don't care what the stats say. Come on, Rory. Well, yeah, Why can't you, you do it on the big stage? 
it's putting has got a lot of things to me. Um, the other thing I'd say about him is that I think once he got over his triple on the first, people were saying, oh, what an amazing thing that he's managed to carry the um, the issues with the PGA Tour over the last couple of weeks and then concentrate on his golf. I think for someone like him, having like an enormous off-course distraction helps him. And then I think he gets on the golf course and it, he finds comfort in it. Uh, I think he's really, really human and he's got an incredibly busy mind when he plays golf and he's thinking of the context of what he's doing. He's thinking of the consequences of what he's doing. Uh, and I think having something to take his mind off that is like really, really helpful for him. And that's not the same as a lot of other people who would find it distracting. Um, he's, I think he's, he's, that's what makes him so watchable, isn't it? Because he's such a sort of real person, it's like, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, yeah. shows some emotion. You are. Actually, shows some emotion. Yeah. And like, I, I, good. I don't even care when he shows like bad emotions. Like, it just gets on with it. Like, I remember that interview after the Ryder Cup. Like, not many people would have done that. They just wandered off, wouldn't they? Even after the Open as well. But for someone of my age, like we've basically watched him grow up. Um, like, so it's not. It's twenty years or whatever it is since he was saying that the um the Ryder Cup is an exhibition match and then wind forward four or five Ryder Cups and all of a sudden he's in tears about how important it is amazing thing um and he has just sort of uh he has sort of matured in front of everybody's eyes that's sort of and but he seems to have managed to retain like a level of humility that not many managed to do incredible bloke really yeah everyone uh, loves him so- we love Rory. Rory gets the win. And it was just meant but to be, George, wasn't it? He can't perform on the big stage. He can't. I'll have a word of him next time I see him. I'll have the, the like the effect I had on Matt Fitzpatrick when he won the uh, US Open. I'll have a chat with Rory and he'll win. So but you, no, reckon was... format, you reckon the format was all right in the end? So you've, you're putting down your uh, match play bandwagon now, are you? Oh, when was that ever? That would be so bad. Play? No, match play is not the way to go forward. No, match play isn't the way to go, but I just think it was stupid how uh, how the first event of the playoffs counted so much that someone could just effectively play in that, win, and then suddenly they'd leapfrog everyone. Um, in the end, it worked out, but it could have been stupid. Um, and in the end, the whole thing worked out. I mean, it was like Rory's meant to win, wasn't it? This This whole golf year has turned into a movie, hasn't it? And Rory's the hero. And it's just like everything that keeps happening just is just A, either unbelievable, or B, is just like written in the stars. It's like a script. It's like a Hollywood never, script. You can have a little WhatsApp group. Jay's like, right, Scotty, time for your meltdown. Yeah. Like, Let Rory like, finish strong. <laughs> this whole week that we've just had, and then it ends with a Rory McIlroy win, like, like, like it was. It was like, what? This year is just stupid. And they've got a Netflix show coming out, haven't they? That's just going to be ridiculous. How good is that going to be? Yeah, that's going to be pretty watchable. What do you Fine. think of the golf course, please? Fine. Good. Fine. East Lake. Pretty good. Enjoyed it. Better than last week. East Lake's a great course. All the players had good things to say about it. Oh, Spieth loves it. Spieth was saying how much he loves it. I feel like it could be somewhere a bit more exciting. Yeah. If the players say they like the golf course, that doesn't mean the golf course is like an interesting watch, does it? It just means you get nice flat lies and the greens are good. If I'm playing a tournament, I'm saying good things about the course if I can score well around it. 
Exactly. <laughs> Big disappointment from Scheffler this weekend. Uh, sorry, from Shoffler, I thought, this weekend. He's got I a thought he was going to have a massive charge. And then he yeah. just to fall. He weren't even featured, wasn't he? Very flat weekend scores. Uh, Max Homer had an incredible finish, didn't he? After a good year for him. Really good year, yeah. And, um, did you see his shot on 18? Was it 18 that like, hit the hit? hit the uh, the actual flag, didn't it? Yeah. Flying over the back of the green. And then that ended up, I think he made the putt, didn't he? And it, it made him finish like fourth in the standings, fourth or fifth. Yeah, so that's probably like a couple of million quid at least. A couple of million quid from from basically hitting the flag and getting the greatest assist. It all balances out over the season, George, doesn't it? I'm sure. Yeah, karma. Golfing karma is a real thing. It's like when you wear salmon shorts and you lose to your son. That is what karma is. <laughs> If we're actually looking at the gross scores, Max Homer finished third. Yeah, Rory Sunjay and then Max. And then JT, who I feel like I didn't actually really see that much of. I saw him at the end when he was hugging his boy Rory. Fifth, Tom Hoagie. Tied six, Xander, Sepp Stracker, Aaron Wise. Sepp Stracker had a great year as well. I mean, there was a lot of guys who've come out this year. Poston as well. Had really good years, sort of flown under the radar a bit. Not necessarily superstar names or, or characters to go with it, but they've had really good years. And um, I think it just shows the strength and depth. Yeah, didn't it? Who? Scott Stallings. Yeah. yeah. yeah one. A few of the rookies as well did really good. Tigala, to Cam Young. I mean, given everything that's going on, they'll... This, the PJ Tour will be really happy with the fact that there's a lot of new names that have come on and had phenomenal years. Just shows the strength and depth, doesn't it, really? Uh, well, that is the thing, isn't it? Like, how many years is it since Scheffler appeared? Three? And yeah. then he basically won every tournament last winter and into the spring, didn't he? Strength and depth is ridiculous on the PJ Tour. Bonkers. Um, so what about these changes then, George, announced last week? So the PIP... The notorious PIP, which is what basically is, the what is the PIP? Which, which basically it basically um, rewards players for, and there's a series of factors. It's basically like how much attention they're bringing into the PGA Tour. So it's like things like social media followers, things like you know how much they're featured on the broadcast. Just a, I mean, it's like basically a popularity contest for the PGA Tour's best players. And then last year, the top ten were all rewarded based on a load of stupid factors, to be honest. Like I say, it's a popularity contest. They then get paid the top 10 or get money for that. And now they've they've added $50 million into that, and it's now going to be the top 20. So basically, those that are putting bums on seats in the PGA Tour are going to get rewarded financially even more. Um, and then for lower down the ranks, they've added a, a bunch of new initiatives. So things like if you make if you miss the cut, you're still going to get five five thousand dollars, which I think is one of the big ones, isn't it? It's always golf's that sport where you can play a competition and end up not getting paid for it. Like what other sport has that? Now there's going to be that minimum at least. And, you know, travel is going to be paid for, hotel is going to be paid for, little things like that. And then on top of that, essentially, every member of the PGA Tour is basically going to have a, a salary, aren't they? Was it 500k? What? Come again? I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so wait. You get 500 grand paid and then you get five grand as well if you miss the cut. It's a payroll structure where you, your then earnings get taken out of that, don't they? Okay. So, oh, so you get that as like a minimum and then... Exactly that. So it's just like an assurance packet, really. Oh, yeah, and the unprecedented commitment. I mean, that was like the number one. The top players on the PGA Tour now have to all commit to, to 20 events, don't they? And it's like it's like all the big events, the players, the genesis, uh, the playoffs. They're all these so-called elevated events that are all going to have more money pumped into them next year. Right. Um, and every top player has to play a minimum of 20 events. Do the, do the majors count as the 20? As the majors four? count, yeah. The the, right. the, the, the so then you've got the four majors. So then it's and 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 the playoffs count. So you so really you've got seven that everyone would be playing in anyway, wouldn't they? The, the Eight playoffs. Players, then. 
and the players, eight events, everyone was going to be playing it anyway. Um, but then I think even like the match plays on there, things like the match play. So there's a few events probably people wouldn't, but it's sort of this whole notion, isn't it, that like Rory was Rory was saying how you know the PGA Tour is like the one sport where a fan say you're not a huge fan right but you, you watch it and you, you flick it on you're like well, where's rory where's where's john ram where's you know the, like the names you might put on the pj tour one weekend and you're not going to see any of these guys and he's like you know in any every other sport you, you put the f1 but on what about it, like just to be devil's advocate the 20 because surely if all those big players are playing those 20 events like by default the other events become weaker because before it was like a mixture of who played so that might always be a name every week whereas this drags like all your names to 20 events then what happens to your other ones they're even more of like off weeks than they were before possibly but then they've got more more money pumped into them all so there is that but I think the other events, the top guys wouldn't have. Wouldn't, what I think the point is getting at, the top guy, the top top guys were only really playing in the big ones anyway. They weren't playing in a lot of these smaller ones. So now they they're making a commitment to play in a few more, the ones they wouldn't have played, and they're not going to probably play in anyway. But, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. It's all just Hannah's Hannah's point's a good one, isn't it? Because that is the problem: is that the PGA Tour is a members' organisation, so its responsibility is to basically create playing opportunities for its members, which is fine, and it does an amazing job of that. Um, it's like previously had a wraparound season so there's events literally every week with enormous fields it's got an incredible corn ferry tour supporting it but the flip side of that is it's got 20 30 star names who argue that they're the draw or they're the they're the reason that people tune in to watch and it's those two things are very difficult to balance how do you how do you make a product that works for the guy ranked 100th and the guy ranked 10th that's that's pretty difficult um, so I think Hannah, is, Hannah makes a good point. If you're elevating 20 events, what about the rest of it? It's mm. almost like t- it's it's similar to the Rolex series on the European tour, isn't it? Or DP World Tour. It's like creating something much better for the top guys or more attractive for the top guys. Is you taking with one and giving with the other, basically, aren't you? Um, it's like I feel like it's a really similar thing to like the Aramco series that they brought in with LET, which looks really good on the surface because you're pumping more money into the tour. But then half the week you've got LPG players being paid appearance money to come play. Yeah. So like actually the people who you're trying to get the full field to play aren't actually playing. Yeah, I guess they're not all superstars, are they? So they can't all have superstar money. That's probably the truth of it. And then there's also the impact on the DP World Tour. So if the if people like John Rahm and Roy McIlroy are having to play 20 events in the states or 20 PJ Tour events, how are they then going to fulfil their uh, DP yeah, World Tour? Like the Scottish and stuff like that will class as one of those events or not? Uh, no, it's not. It's not in there. They are the co-sanctioned events are not are not counted as the 20. But yeah, it's going to have a clear knock-on effect. I think. I mean, you saw that that John Rahm interview. Now it's doing all the rounds. Well, he seemed a bit flustered almost when asked about it um and he said it's going to be a big arsenal for the european guys that want to they want to get over so i don't think he understood though because he seemed to be like oh 20 plus the majors plus this i don't think i think he thought it was more than it is yeah, yeah. i don't think he realized maybe that the majors are in that 20 um but this is what's weird about it isn't it that this stuff is just happening in public like it's all happening so fast like no one knows really um and it, it just i don't know it just shows that a lot this this players meeting that they had maybe it wasn't i mean everyone wanted to be a fly in the wall didn't they in that meeting but it just, i don't know i don't think everyone was i don't think everyone was on board with perhaps the changes i don't think everyone was merely 
knew what was you know it wasn't maybe as as clear as it as it's as it's suggesting it was who knows if in the but short term it's oh, in, listen. Yeah. in the short term it seems to have done its job right so at least one sort of pretty high profile lib defector is now not going mm-hmm. uh, yeah has it has it done its job i uh, i saw um so someone was writing in one of the papers, uh, Guardian or something like that, uh, and they were saying that after the players' meeting, that the balance is now tipped back into the favour of the PGA Tour. Like I don't, I don't buy that. I think, you know, they, they, the, all the balance is already with them anyway, and they're and they're losing it gradually and gradually and gradually every week, right? Like I don't think that that was a that was a, a necessity. All those changes, you know, I don't think they've and. Yeah. Maybe there's one or two, one or two fence sitters, right? That maybe now will stay on the PGA Tour. Great, they've 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 kept hold of two guys, but really everyone else who was in that meeting or who was wanting those changes, they're all committed to the PGA Tour anyway. I don't think it made too much of a difference. Like they're saying, oh, the balance is tipped back. Like it's not like all these guys in that meeting were fences or they were all considering living now. Okay, no, now we're going to stay with the PGA Tour. Like it was pretty clear that where they're where they're um. Their loyalties lied anyway so and i think now this and and he also said like this week okay it's now carried on because i think we thought all the live guys were going to be announced on the weekend but it was saying how oh it's a huge week for the pga tour blah blah, blah. like live are about to announce seven really like well not seven really big names but some really big names and some and big additions again so the balance not is still live yet. Is, not doing live yet the, the fans want it live. Abandon I don't like the fact we're fighting money with money. Like exactly, it's fire with fire, and it's like more like rich. Jay Monahan kept whittling on how he's like, oh, we're not going to make this an arms race because we're not going to compete. It's exactly what you're trying to do, like, and I get it that a lot of these these programs and these you know these uh, these schemes that they've put in are sort of they're great and they were needed, but you just you just throw him throw money at it, having said that you didn't want to make this an arms race, like. I mean, who knows what, what's what's going to happen now? What's the knock-on effect of his change is going to be? Is it just is it just going to keep escalating? Who knows? So, what if you try and so one thing you would say is that the, quite a lot of people were saying at some point the PGA Tour are going to have to come to the table and negotiate with Liv, and they're going to have to work out a way of um, working together. Do you think we're now past the point of no return, and that's just not? Yeah, and they're all too. That's not going to happen. No. Monaghan is never gonna. He, he's so set now, isn't he? The only way that a compromise ever be made is if it's if it's new leadership in years to come. Because the guys, the guys that are in charge of the PGA and, and even the DP, they ain't gonna budge now. They're in too deep. They've said too much. They're too set on their ways. There's zero chance of a compromise being made at this point with them. With them as in charge, it's, it's never. It ever, it's never gonna happen now. It's never gonna happen. The boat. The boat is sailed gone it's gone around the world it's come back it's going again it's completely so, gone there's the jay monaghan aspect of it but there's also the greg norman aspect of it because um for all the sort of uh saudi money what aboutery and all the rest of it and um, what's the what i think is understated is greg norman's history with the pj tour um and his kind of 20-year quest to try and create a rival product and give more value back to the players and blah, 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 blah. So it's a not a, is a not a potential future where he, he's got a sort of ready-made way of stepping aside and he sort of 
resigns his CEO ship or whatever the expression is, um, says that he's done his job. Does he like the attention too much? Well, I just I don't I I don't think I think George is on something where very difficult if you're the CEO in Jay Monaghan who's got in the trenches and dug yourself in like he he's got no way out unless he's booted out or resigns mm -hmm. and I don't think that anyone in PJ Tour HQ is going to do a deal with Greg Norman no. so I think there is there is still a potential for some sort of uneasy um alliance or whatever but you'd need a change it would be years down the line and it would be new leaders and it would be it would be when the live product is complete right and the pga is new all their new stuff is sort of complete and they're in this new rhythm of their new shed and then it's like it's almost a rethink with with newly it's just it's so far down the line any any possibility of that so far down the line i'll have I mean, a beard by then i'll have a beard that's how far we're talking right it's not it's not <laughs> not gonna happen anytime soon it'll be like there's so there's so much that's gonna happen over the next three four five six years onwards like it's gonna be crazy and then and then and then there might be rethinks and there might be leadership changes and there might be uh necessities that have to be done like even that even especially like dp world tour but at this current stage i mean the next it's just it's never gonna there's nothing's gonna happen because it's just like it's, it's just too much and they're all too deep and they've all said too much and it's yeah. I, think, I think we might have reached peak beard by the way what there was well there's a period in the 90s when beards were like becoming the thing to have they were sort of like de rigueur for your kind of uh hoxton male <laughs> and now i think more people have got beards and haven't got beards so it's actually probably like trendy some very questionable mustaches floating around on the pga tour at the moment yeah but I think that's just golf. Sam Burns. Golf I think like every season it's like they draw out of a hat who's going to have the shit moustache this year. Someone gets uh, it. <laughs> golf's about 10 years behind, isn't it, when it comes to facial hair? Cam Smith's is still the worst, isn't it? What's no. that? It's like a squirrel on his face. It mullets, is. Mullets are trendy, though, now. No, they're not talking about the mullet. I'm talking about everything that's going on around that, around that face of his. Um, what about this Monday night on telly thing, Rory and... Uh, Tiger and what's their thing called? Abad, what's it called? Looks like no vowels, has it? It's a really clever name. And it like T M R W. Coming to a stadium near you, yeah. So they're going to be like custom built arenas, aren't they? With tens of thousands of spectators, or however many they're going to have. They're going to build a golf stadium. They're going to. I initially thought because when I when I said it last week and got mocked for it about <laughs> PJ Tour coming to stadiums, you were like, well, let's. What are you on about? We're moving on. Shut up, George. That was essentially what happened. And then it gets dropped that it is happening. So thank you. Sorry, George. But um, Hang on, George, I mean, come on. They're not going to be playing golf in a stadium, are they? They're going to be whacking. Well, golf. they are. But so basically, I thought it was going to be basically stadium events, but it's going to they're going to be custom built arenas. Right. And then it's going to be like there's going to be like simulators. There's going to be like a chipping challenge. There's going to be like loads of different games that are going on on this set. Oh, you know, no. this, it's going to be things like that. So, and there's going to be, so there's going to be like tea. It's going to be like team events. So every, every I think basically it's like the hero world challenge on steroids. Oh, no, it sounds like a, and they're all going to be mic'd up and they're all going to be there. Rory's going to be dropping banter with Tiger. Oh, yeah. It's like, it sounds like but a it'll, work. it'll work because right. You've got, you got to think about like, all the kids and stuff that want to go like i think there's a lot of parents that if you if you've taken your 
you know, if you're taking your like kid along now to a PJ Tour event or whatever, it's a whole day, isn't it? It's busy, it's hot. Like all anyone wants to do is sit there, right? And the Rory's ball lands near them and they whip their iPhone out and they get that nice photo. Look at me, I'm at the goal watching Rory McIlroy, right? Stick them in an arena, you get, you get, get the iPad out, you get all the cameras out you want. Like you sat there, you can just sit there for a few hours, get all your little snaps of Rory and the boys. And it's perfect for families that their kid gets to see. Yeah, everyone wants to take their kids out on a Monday night <laughs> to an arena. In, in, it'll, work, it'll work in America. Like I don't know, I don't see if it has any longevity. Yeah, but in, in the America, short... where kids kids famously have later bedtimes. So think about that. <laughs> they'll love it over there, like honestly, and they'll buy their popcorn or whatever, and they'll say, I, I don't think it has much longevity. But for now, like once it drops, it'll, it'll, they'll sell out and they'll get and they'll get they'll get people going and it sort of jazzes up golf a bit doesn't it so um be interested to see how it plays out but um I mean it's good so much golf at the minute just golf upon so, golf do you ever did you ever watch Back to the Future the film or is that like way before your time I've seen it oh my you're aware it feels like Biff has sort of taken over golf to me it's just like a load of madcap ideas <laughs> You have to remember yeah. that they're not doing these things for like traditional golfers, are they? They're doing to try to get different audiences involved. So they're trying to put something on that people who wouldn't watch normal golf will watch. Yeah, true. Say that they did try Monday uh, night, Monday night golf before um, in the nineties. I think it was actually called Monday night golf. <laughs> in a uh, and they got um, they were like basically exhibition matches. So they got people like. Tiger and Vijay Singh when he was winning the scoring average that sort of era it was um, so they got like literally the best players in the world doing it I think Sorenston played in a couple as well actually um, but it was kind of mired in difficulties so there was like quite a lot Vijay Singh refused to play in at least one Tiger refused to play in one I think because he was worried about losing an undefeated record against Mickelson so it was all a bit too it was all a bit too much like normal golf if you see what I mean mm-hmm. um, so people sort of didn't pl- always play but it was the same sort of idea of get it on on a week a weekday evening, um, sort of made for TV type stuff. Um, there is nothing good to watch on a Monday night, so WWE's on on a Monday night. There's That's Monday. what they're going to be competing against. It's going to be wrestling against the golf on Monday nights. I can't wait. I'm going to have a split screen. <laughs> what a time to be alive! Right. I'm shocked, Tom. No, I'm not shocked. I think it's. I think. I think it might yeah. be quite cool, right? I think. Yeah, there we go. I think this this if you're going to do something that's innovative, it has to be different, doesn't it? It can't just be a bit different. It has to be like totally different. It's got to be, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I took my kids to the um the hundred the other week, um, and that is different, and it is I guess very different from a test match. It still takes three hours, um, which is still too long if you're seven. <laughs> um, so I think yeah, innovation needs to be if you're going to take you. If you're going to compete with uh, Switches and Nintendo whatevers, then it needs to be short and it needs to be bright and it needs to be noisy. So, yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, awesome. Which short, bright, bright and noisy brings us neatly on to Live Golf. <laughs> then, three days to go. Then, three days what, to go. Where? Three, what, it's a Boston Tea Party, isn't it? Correct. Live Boston. Big event. Uh, yeah. And they're going to have some new players, aren't they? The only reason I know it's in Boston is from random like social media influencers who have suddenly appeared in Boston. Also, it's Boston. nowhere near Boston, as all their events have been nowhere near the actual place that they're claiming. Um, I now saw in their, their release the other day, it was like 
the live event near boston so they've now changed that they're still calling it live boston but it's live near boston now so where it is who knows but yes it will be teeing something, off in a in a few days time something meta's just happened oh yeah I've just Googled who is going to live next and I've ended up on our own website. There we go. <laughs> the algorithm works. Right then. So what do we think about these? So there's there's seven spots, we reckon. And seven spots. When the, uh, when when our listeners are listening to this, they'll probably be there by now. Um, people are pretty sure of six of them, aren't they? Yeah. So we've got the obvious ones, which we've been expecting for a while, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman. And they're going to make their little Aussie super team. Right, um, so let's just let's start with those two, right? So we'll start with Leishman. So Leishman, I used to back Leishman for majors for ages. Yeah, yeah, me too. Leishman's definitely going to win a major. Leishman's definitely going to win a major. <laughs> and then he didn't. And then he's been absolutely terrible, hasn't he, for ages. He basically pops up once a year when he plays in that pairs thing with Cam Smith. And then well, that's that's it, isn't it? That's it. You, you've basically I know what sort of the question's leading to, and you've essentially answered it there, right? So their their whole thing is that they're going to make it's going to be these teams of these they're going to be country teams aren't they and eventually there's going to be they're going to be sponsored and they're going to probably have their own um you know it's all going to change but if, if they're bringing in cam smith why not bring in leishman and have that sort of understudy as such and make this aussie team and real make it something like that so agreed on his own leishman what would he bring is he a star man no but if you t- if you're getting cam smith over this superstar and he, this aussie superstar why not have his like almost right hand man per se next to him to just boost that profile even more? Like a bog off. Like so a bog off. Get one free. <laughs> <laughs> they could do about Camerons, couldn't they? Buy well, one, they could get three Camerons yeah. free. Um, so, but Leishman is Leishman is like your sort of classic live golfer, isn't he? In that he used to be good. He's not really asked anymore, and he's just taken a massive payday. Cam Smith's a hit though, isn't he? But... Is the other way of, the other way of putting it? Yeah. Is Leishman all people that when they sign people like Leishman, it all like I totally understand what you're saying. Aussie team, three events in Australia next year, starting off in Australia, all of that stuff. Like all of that kind of makes loads of sense. But it feels like Leishman is like just a sort of move on a chessboard. It's kind of like, well, we get Leishman now to get the Aussie team thing off the ground. And then in by the time we get to 2024, Leishman will really have dropped off the planet. Yeah. Um, and we'll just get another Aussie, up and coming Aussie. That's what I feel like loads of players have missed about this whole thing. Like they're just going to drop people. Yeah. yeah, but they'd have made all their money by then. And they, then these people have no play nowhere to play a goal and maybe that's the only way like dp world tour out banning them at the moment are they maybe they're just all gonna end up on there if you're saying george that it's a sort of marriage of convenience on everyone's side as in like leishman knows he's basically being used yeah. as a australian porn uh yeah and that's all out, out in the open i mean that is just that's cynicism on a new level isn't it yeah but it's just it's what it is he's gonna get they're gonna get he's gonna get three years there he's gonna make millions isn't he and like hannah just said and then another tour welcoming back on be the PJ tour but he could go play somewhere else and he's already made all his money I don't think something. when people signed up for this they realised they were going to be banned from everything though did they well they didn't and that's what Taylor I mean bless him he's not the brightest spark so maybe he's not a fair reflection of the whole the whole uh, live team but Taylor Gooch came out and said well yeah I, I, I'd gone to live and I was fully planning to come back to the PJ tour I didn't think they were going to ban me um, I wanted to play a bit of this, bit of that, and they've obviously. Do you think we'll get players suing Live down the line, who essentially have nowhere left to play, and Live have said you will not get banned by the PGA Tour, and then they have. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's happened. So anyway, Leishman, fair enough. So bit weird, but we sort of understand the strategy, so that makes sense. Camp the Smith. um yeah, and then we've got the the South Americans, which is a big one. 
it's a big one. It's a big one because they're all. So we've got Neiman, uh, Pereira. Was there one more that I'm seeing linked? They're like big names out there and like growing names as well. That's well, they they're huge. They're huge in in South America. They really are, and you can't dispute that. And the South American demographic is one of the you know it's it's, a, it's an emerging market so it's a growing market and they've come through this latin america pga system which was supposed to, which was revitalized a few years ago by the pga tour and it was meant to almost be a bit like the corn ferry but it was they'd pumped a lot of money into it and then they're getting they were getting a lot of reward from it they were getting a lot of these guys coming through ortiz Pereira, um, neiman uh, answer and now they've all jumped ship to live and live are really now taking a lot of demographics aren't they? And they and these guys are all they're young and up and comers and they're in no, they're no. like in their prime and they're they've been going down the rankings a lot, haven't they? I mean Neiman was what in these what ranked eighteen. Um it's like twenty three, right? Exactly. So the, the, the there's 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 three things about that there's one, they've basically captured the whole South American market now. They've taken all the best players of South America. They've taken all these guys who are young in their prime, and they're all and they're all playing great golf. They're all up there every tournament. They're all uh, going down the rankings, which again is only going to help them when it comes to this inevitable um, court case with the with the world rankings. Big 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 signings. These guys, I think. You can't dispute that. Um, and Neiman was the guy. He was in the room with McElroy and Woods last week, right? Correct. Yeah. And what I think sort of happened there. So we talked about at the beginning of the podcast about um, about that meeting and about, oh, well, it's done its job. Right. Because it's 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 kept a couple of players, i.e. Matsuyama, probably Adam Scott, Cameron Young. Right. Some free players maybe who were who were fences, who that meeting has done its job. Let's look at it the other way. Sorry. sorry right? are, you coining a, are you coining a phrase? Fences. Fence sitters. OK, I thought you just I was I mumbling. Thought... Rage. Just that I quite like the word fences, although it sort of means like <laughs> Steve, doesn't it? But anyway, fences, carry on. Fences is good. Yeah. But you could look at that the other way, right? I guarantee you, someone like Neiman, Pereira, the they, they've gone into that meeting, probably set on going to live, right? Let's be honest. They were linked with live. They were going to live. Suddenly they're at this meeting. They've then gone back to live and said, oh, actually, I've got cold feet now. Like the PGA are offering me everything that I wanted, which was why I was coming to live. OK, here's another X amount of money. All right, I'm back on lives. Do you know what I mean? It's it's gone it's gone that way. It's got it's it's had a it's had an effect on people who in both ways because live probably give offered now offered them more money or offered them a, a better whatever it is in the in in the contract because of that meeting. So it's it's had a knock on effect on both sides. Um, and I think yeah, that's exactly what's happened with someone like Neiman. He's probably got cold feet after that meeting, and now live have given him a better offer, and and off he goes again. So and he he is managed by. Uh... GSE, isn't he? Who... Look, this seems to be down to the managers. How much it does, and I do... they're getting? Do you think Liver play, pay in the managers to bring people on board, like directly? Well, some people seem to think they're like double dipping because they're getting a cut of the the signing on fee as they would do in, in any sort of commercial activity that their players doing, uh, and then they're getting paid by Liv. Yeah, they're incentivized by Liv. So I think there's at least eight or nine of them um, that are GSE now, and Neiman's one of them. But I think yeah. he. It, it feels to me that he is someone who's been, uh, I don't want to use the word coerced, but coerced is the right, is the right word. Like he's, a, he's like, a, he's, 20, he's not very old, is he? And yeah, like just will be listening to various different people at various different times. And you I mean, blown in the breeze. His head must have turned in every direction this week, right? I think how much is all, both sides are just throwing figures, throwing um, uh, like guarantees, throwing 
all this stuff at him is from both sides and it's like like you say he's 23 whatever yeah so you've got leachman you've got mitty you've got who mitty Pereira. so how are you saying it Mito. all right christ <laughs> you've got neiman who else have you got george cameron tringale who is Basically, yeah. well, he has gone. He, he put out a tweet, which not many people have done, have they, in the manner that he did it. Um, and there, there could be publications from that, from that, um, from that, from that tweet, by the way. You've seen it. What, the, like, the, the wording that he's used. It's bonkers. Sort of. like, I don't, but just to begin at the beginning with him. So I don't really understand, like, he, how does he fit into a strategy? Because he, is he, he's the, where did I read it or hear it? He's, he's won the most money without a win without a win yeah correct yeah so if, then, if 54 holes going to suit anyone it's uh cameron Tringali. yeah but he uh, i don't know because he, he's put so he's released a statement which was him saying he joined live and he's but in it he's thanked the pga tour for basically giving him all the opportunities and giving him the platform to play golf and basically it in in many ways it, it's it reads as like thanks for pga for assisting me for this now big money opportunity move that I've got. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? When it then comes to the court, whenever, however it comes to, the PGA are going to say, well, look, the hit, we're not taking opp- like we're not, we're not taking opportunities for anything. We're the reason you guys are actually at live. We're the reason you became a name. We're the reason you made money in the first place. You're the reason you were a professional golfer on a high level. And now you're the, we're the reason that you've now gone to this new league and making a bucket load of cash. So actually, what is anti-competitive about the PJ Tour? We, we're the reason you're making this money. And, and exhibit A, uh, Cameron Trigali's statement where he's basically admitting it. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to feel about that. but. And then there's Harold Varner, isn't there? Yeah, and he's one I thought was going to go. He's one I thought would have been gone anyway. Um, so do you reckon Harold Varner the third is just the world's best negotiator? <laughs> he's like decided this is like prime. He's now optimised his value and he's off. Well, yeah, and he's had a great year as well. He's in really good form. He's a young guy. One of the few actually probably American, young name American. I mean, there there was Gooch obviously early on. Um, there are not too many of the young up-and-coming Americans have there that have gone, and he's now gone, so he's it's quite a big one, I would say. Yeah, and he's like well liked, isn't he? Uh, well liked. Did he not win the Saudi Invitational? He did. So maybe that pre- was maybe that was like um, what forced him to go. He held that monster putt, didn't he, on the last screen? He's got Saudi previous. Um, exactly that. But, so what about Cam Smith then? What about him? What about him? I mean, but, well, I mean. Why know, is it not gone yet? It's been speculated. It's the President's Cup, isn't it? It's a mess with the President's Cup. That's why we're waiting. Oh, it just, the whole, you know when, like, you get binned by a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever? And nah. You, <laughs> <laughs> and you, go, you go through a bit where you sort of don't really want anyone to know and you're in massive denial about it. So you say things like, can we sort of can I still message you or can I can we still be friends I feel a bit like that about Cam Smith I just I just don't want it to be true still even though it's obviously is true like why if it if it wasn't I think if it wasn't for him going I could I could live with it if I was if I was the if I was the entity of the PGA Tour I think I can sort of cope with breaking up with almost any of the others but not with him yeah I feel like he's the worst one to go it's the biggest dagger isn't it to to people like you Tom it's terrible. It's terrible. Like he's, I mean, what? It's just the whole thing. He's the flipping players' champion. He's the open champion. The open They've champion. got the open champion. Uh, 
the whole narrative's changed. It has. It's really. What are they I can't wait do? for Live Boston. I'm so. I'm so. I can't wait. It's gonna be. What are they gonna do? At, um, at so he lives in Sawgrass, by the way. Uh, he lives in Jacksonville, doesn't he? Oh yeah, that's where Sawgrass is. Mm, it's not where Sawgrass is, is it? He practices at Sawgrass. Okay, but yeah, you're right. He's a player. Yeah, he won the PJ Tours marquee event. But now we say bye bye. So, yeah. That's going to be awkward next year when there's no defending champion, isn't it? What are they going to do? Like, literally, what are they going to do? <laughs> Maybe they'll oh, get, like, a replica Cam Smith. Remember that, like, gold bot they had, like, hitting up 17? <laughs> Just be, like, a CGI of Cam Smith. <laughs> Who came second in the players? Is he just going to get pushed forward as the new well, no, that was it, was it was Lahiri, wasn't it? Who's oh, also he's going. Second. There we go. Yeah. Maybe they'll have to, like, remember when Matthew... Who Matt was third place about- in the playoffs? Remember when Matsuyama was leading after a round in 2020? Maybe they'll just assign him, like, honorary. Maybe that's why he's staying. That was the whole reason he's staying. They told him <laughs> in the meeting. Well, they didn't tell him in the meeting. Poor guy couldn't even go because he can't speak English. He was banging on the door. He can speak English. He, but he didn't go to the players' meeting because they wouldn't give him a translator. If yeah. that's not exactly. saying go to Liv, I don't know what is. Liv would have had a translator there for you, mate. They would have done. <sighs> so then, so... Oh, so Cam Smith's going. It's just, I don't know. How many sleepless nights have you had about Cam Smith now, Tom? Do you know, I tracked my sleep and I didn't sleep. I didn't get much deep sleep last night. I think it's because I was worrying about um, what was going to happen at Sawgrass. <laughs> how how they deal with it. The, yeah. um, the other strange thing about this live business is the way the sort of narrative ebbs and flows. So we've kind of had... We've been sort of force-fed PGA Tour for like a week, haven't we? So we've had the Great Players Summit. We've had Monday Night Cartoon Golf League announced. <laughs> we've had like a broadly successful uh, Tour Championship, FedEx Cup. So we're all we're all sort of like on the ometer. We've all swung back onto PGA Tour, haven't we? But now we're about to get walloped with a Cam Smith-sized a uppercut. Big lip pie. I've not. They, they are all I've seen as part of that first round that was on in the office. No, I haven't. I, as much as I will on about how I love it and I look forward to it, I, I haven't watched much of it. I did watch when Stenson won. I was at, obviously he's at Centurion, which was a, a circus. So when, is it, but when is it this weekend? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yes, uh, this weekend. I'll tell you what is what I think is true. So without context... Liv is going to, a, con, a concept like Liv is going to struggle, like as in if it has no, if it's not part of the hierarchy, if it has no world ranking points, if there's no pathway for the players into the majors, blah, 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 blah. For a golf fan, that is going to be difficult to take seriously. Do you think it should have world ranking points? Well, I don't know. No, I don't think. Oh, well, can. that opens up a whole new uh, chest of arguments, that, doesn't it? That, that is the problem, and it's like the king is dead, long live the king, isn't it? So this weekend, there was no Dechambeau, no um, DJ, no Kepka, who would have almost certainly all three would ordinarily You're qualify. true, but when I was watching it, I wasn't thinking that. Well, that's I what I mean. watching the goal. That's, that's like, it saying. didn't even cross my mind at any point. That's what I'm saying. So because the players are there, it's a, it's a meritocracy. Because there's a, a deserved winner at the end of it, because it's like the end result of a season long thing it's long live the king kind of stuff and i wonder how long that will take to change because for every um there's another neiman coming on the conveyor belt isn't there there's, a, yeah. there's another round of college superstars on the way next year 
That's the thing. I just think when it's 48 players max that they've capped it at and they've got if they're doing it in this country thing like that kind of limits which players you're taking doesn't it as well the pga tour have there's so many people just ready to slot in i mean look at zalatoris he's not even been there that long and he's like one of the biggest names now in a year or two like you could have completely new superstars who just like just fill those spots and you don't even worry about it Interesting, interesting. Anyway, I do think uh, we have whittled on for a little too long, but I do have one departing question for you all. So the PJ Tour is now complete. What I want to know is what has your moment of the season been? What? Do you mean what? Moment of the season? Are there any, have you got any caveats? Like, does it have to be? could be anything. Is anything you want. This, this PJ Tour season, anything that's influenced the PJ Tour, happened on the PJ Tour, surrounded the PJ Tour, what is your moment of the season but moment of the season I think was that picture of uh, Shipnook and Greg Norman that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> very that's, good I don't think that classes as PG at all you can have it do you know what mine was it. when Zalatoris finally picked his ball up off that stupid wall and went to the drop stone <laughs> George you must have something lined up given you've asked the question mm, not really I loved when uh, when Fitz won the US Open that was very good that's not the PJ tour it is mm, fair enough. it's in the schedule right I'm going, to go 20 events. I'm going to land. Right, Tom, get some sleep because I feel like you need some after those Cam Smith sleepless nights. So we'll let you go. Everyone follow us on social media, NCG at NCG. George, no one's still listening now. What? They're listening to me. <laughs> Guys, goodbye. Bye.